Hello and welcome once again to another installment of Chocolate Chat. I am Chocolate Yoda, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. And with me is Jeremiah Dorf, and he has a podcast called uh, What If They're Wrong, which uh, is an intriguing name. Um, and um, uh, before we get uh, into the topic, why don't you just give a brief uh, overview of uh, your podcast yourself, that kind of thing. Okay, so my name is Jeremiah. I've been into conspiracies since around 2010, I would say. Uh, I had a NDE, a near-death experience, and kind of got me down this path of looking into things, trying to figure out what we're doing here, why is things the way they are, and I started my podcast about two weeks ago, What If They're Wrong, and I just wanted to cover a bunch of topics that I'm interested in, and I know a lot of other people are interested in looking into things, and things that are presented to us aren't always exactly what they are, so um, it's good to try to look behind it and not just take everything at face value. So absolutely. I'm good. Uh, I'm glad you're tackling the easy questions. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we here? What are we, all that stuff? Um, and you know what, before we, we begin, I, I know already people's antennas are going to be up and they're going to start thinking, Oh, conspiracy theories and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Um, Shakespeare said in, in the personage of Hamlet, uh, that, uh, there is more, in heaven and earth, Horatio, than is dreamt of in your philosophy. And what that means to me is that basically anything is possible, all right? And I have evidence for that, right? And it's, and it's the simplest idea that I, could, that I can think of to break down uh, what is real and what is possible, all right? And that is, we can't hear what dogs hear, Right? There, there are frequencies, you know, like the literal dog whistle. I know that that phrase is uh, being used for other things now, but there are actual dog whistles. And when you blow into them, humans can't hear the sound that they produce, but a dog can. So in a very literal sense, what a dog hears is in another dimension than what we can hear, right? So if, if, if we know that to be a fact, then isn't kind of anything possible, you know? Um, and one of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today and, and possibly the, the only thing we might get to today, uh, is CERN. Now I became aware of CERN indirectly through the large, uh, Hadron Collider, right? Um, I didn't think, I, I, I remember in the late nineties, that was a thing that they were talking about. And I was fascinated by the idea of, of the Collider, um, but I didn't pay much uh, attention to the organization. Uh, it wasn't until Dan Brown's, I think, second book, where he opened up talking about CERN, that I started to get into it. And I was fascinated by this organization that, like, basically nobody talks about. Um, and I know that's that was a topic of one of your episodes. So why don't we talk about that for a bit? Yeah, it's um, kind of strange that I ask many people that I come in contact with and a lot of them don't even know what CERN is. They've never even heard of it. Um, it's like, what are you talking about? Uh, so yeah. that 
that right there should say something considering it's supposed to be a facility trying to figure out the origins of the universe. Um, but yet not many people even know what it is or what it um, is doing. So it's basically CERN is the European Council of Nuclear Research, and they're looking for the God particle, so to speak, which they claim to have found in 2012, which is part of the conspiracy. Mm -hmm. But they're basically working with molecules and atoms and stuff like that and trying to figure out why the universe is here and what created it, basically supporting their um, Big Bang Theory. Right. Okay, so now um, I know that 2012 is, is the year that the conspiracy was born, so to speak. So what what happened in 2012? So a lot of people um, say that things just haven't really felt right since 2012. Time seems to be speeding up a little bit. Um, events are happening more frequently and they're becoming more um, grandiose, I guess. And mm -hmm. just things just don't seem right. And then right around 2012 is when the Mandela effect, I'm sure you've heard of it, um, a lot of I people have heard of it, but but talk. Uh, explain it. I, I I'm not sure how much I buy into it, but I have heard of it. But why don't you explain what it is? So the Mandela effect is like, um, do you want my opinion of it or the actual like? Wh whichever way you want to present it. So I think that in 2020 or 2012, when CERN rebooted the Hadron Collider, because um, it had been shut down, so they rebooted it in 2012. And I believe that in the process of doing so, they altered our reality in some way. Um, mm -hmm. They might have merged us with a separate timeline, a separate parallel universe, because a lot of top scientists believe in the parallel universe theory that there's random mm -hmm. uh, multiple universes that coexist with ours. So, right. and this is a lot of quantum theory and that kind of thing, and and of course, what what Marvel is banking on in in most of their films. Yeah, definitely Marvel with their, you know, character can die, but then they'll switch to an alternate universe and he's back alive right. and stuff like that. Um, right. So, basically, when they rebooted it in 2012, I think they shifted our or merged our reality with. A parallel universe reality and the mandela effect is like things have changed a lot of people remember things a certain way but they are not even the right way so right. like Berenstein and specific to bears, mandela if if i yeah if i re, if i recall correctly it, it's called the mandela effect because some people remember that mandela died either before prison or in prison and then of course other people remember that he came out of prison and became president uh, where he was in Africa. So, um, and yes, the Berstein Bears, some people remember them as the Berstein Bears. Some people remember them as the Berstein Bears. So, yeah, it, it is an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, like I, some of the ones I don't know. Like, I'm not a huge, as weird as it sounds, I'm not the biggest proponent of the Mandela effect, but I do believe mm -hmm. it exists. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's due to, something they did that altered our reality slightly 
Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to say like, well, why is it just movies and, um, you know, labels of things? But I think it's more than that. Um, the sun being one of those things. The sun growing up, now I'm almost 40, so I've been around for a while. Um, mm -hmm. And growing up, the sun was always like yellow or reddish orange uh, yellow. And we would always draw it as such. But now the sun is bright white um, or a silverish hue to it. And mm -hmm. um, so that's that's another thing that I think comes from this whole shifting of our universe and reality. Um, when they rebooted CERN in 2012, um, there's a lot of weird things going on with CERN. Um, the location of it and the fact that um, some weird happenings have happened there. Like there was a Wakefield experiment, experiment and that was in 2016. And it caused like ripple effects to go across the United or the globe, and supposedly it went to like South South America and uh, caused blackouts and stuff like that. There's also instances of weird clouds and lightning and stuff like that above certain facility. There's mm -hmm. um, a plane, uh, flight A seven three zero one that was supposed to land in Bolivia, but it ended up uh, in an island off of Spain. Uh, so just some weird that, stuff that, going that's, on. That seems way off. <laughs> yes, way off. Yeah. And it all seems to happen around times when they are either rebooting CERN or doing something there. Um, and you so, mentioned the Wakefield experiment. What was that? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure um, what it is. But, I it was, had a, but it was a, around, uh, well, you said it wasn't 2012, it was 2016? Yes, in 2016. Okay. Um, they gotcha. did this, and this is what they, some people claim caused the blackouts in South America, because supposedly there was, I don't remember it myself, but there's supposedly mm -hmm. blackouts in Brazil and Peru and they believe, some people believe, that it was due to this Wakefield experiment that they're doing. A lot of people think that CERN is creating earthquakes and stuff around the world. Um, I haven't looked into the research of that, so I'm not positive. But just a lot of strange things that happen, and it involves CERN. So, right. so what's, what's the most compelling either a bit or, or several bits of information or, or, or proof or facts or whatever it is surrounding CERN that, that you find the most interesting? Um, uh, for facts, I just look at all the weird um, instances that happen around it. And mm -hmm. if you want to bring in the religious side of it, um, there is a group of people who believe CERN is trying to open portals to like hell or some other dimension. And there is a report of a guy, I uh, don't know his actual name, but they called him Mr. Sergio. 
and he claims that he worked there and they are able to open portals and but they're small and they only last for a small amount of time so it's just a lot of weird things going on around this facility and then there's also the goddard tunnel which is about three and a half hours away which some people link to cern too and their strange opening ceremony um that's very demonic looking so it's just um very strange they have like this man dressed up as a goat and there's people with like upside down trees and they're in robes and they're offering these trees to this goat guy and yeah, a lot never of people a good sign <laughs> yeah and there's yeah. this weird person i think it's a woman naked dressed or she has like a loincloth on but her breasts are showing and she's flying around with these wings and a creepy baby's mascot head on it's the weirdest opening ceremony wow. i've ever heard yeah. of so it's just wow, wow yeah and then this goat guy um runs around and is having like sex with the people there or it like something sexual and then later on in the ceremony one of the women um comes out pregnant or whatever and it's just a very strange like why would you do that for an opening of a tunnel like it's very yeah. weird <laughs> yeah and and you know a, a weird ceremony wouldn't be complete without some kind of sexual component to it right so, yeah yeah um so that yeah that's pretty fascinating and now uh when you mentioned 2012 um and i don't know if this is uh correlated at all but i know that uh that was the year where people thought the mayan calendar indicated that uh the the world was going to end um which i i know from looking into the mayan calendar that that was not what they were saying at all they were saying their calendar was going to end then but a lot of people still had that firm belief that 2012 uh was the end and there were some films made uh one of them was i i think called 2012 um and um you know i don't i don't know if uh, have have you heard anything regarding a tie-in uh to uh cern and the mayan calendar do they have anything to do with one another so the 2012, obviously the world didn't like end end, but there is a lot of researchers that say that the Mayans weren't saying it was the end of the world, so to speak, that it was a end of an age. So right. the end of whatever age it was, um, I think in India, they call them Kali Yugas, uh, mm -hmm. where they have these... They believe time's cyclical, so it's not linear. Um, we're not just going on and on and on. Like everything repeats and there's cycles. Mm. So it's like a circle instead of a straight line. And the Mayans, or some researchers say that the Mayans were just saying that cycle is done and we're heading yeah. into another cycle. And right. the them saying they found the God particle or the... Um, uh, Higgs boson particle in 2012 could they have booted up that machine and ended that cycle and started a new cycle because um, like yeah. I said in the beginning things just seem a little off since then and a lot of events around the world have just 
um, got worse, I guess you could say, since right. since then, um, with the whole Brexit and then all the stuff in yeah. our country that is going on with the race relations and this division of people and right. um, president and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hiring a carney as president was kind of interesting. But um, with regard to Brexit, that I mean, to me, that's just a, a, a terrible decision that that now they can see is absolutely a terrible decision. <laughs> you know, and I think they're trying to reverse it at this point. Obviously, conspiracies wrap within other conspiracies and stuff like that. Um, everything is kind of connected. So are all these things taking place to usher in this new world? So like a lot of people say that there's going to be a new world order or a new global government, new global currency. Um, it's in the Bible that all this stuff is supposed to take place um, with the mark of the beast and all that stuff. And is all this all these events are they happening to usher in this new age so to speak um this new world order um it's interesting to think about yeah it definitely is and and you know for me when i think about the uh the issues of the day um i'm firmly in the camp that uh, history does repeat itself um, I don't see any of this as unusual. Um, I remember sitting with a friend and he said, oh, America's never been more divided than it is now. And this was in 2019 that he said that. And I remember saying to him, I, I guess you missed the class on the Civil War, you know, because <laughs> I'd say we were markedly more divided <laughs> than than we are now. And, and it's just a, another phase of the division that has always existed. Like uh, um, America is referred to as the United States, but I never call it that because it's literally never been united. Not from day one, even even, even leading up to uh, the inception of the country and, and you know, the, the declaration and all that stuff, it wasn't united. There were sharp divisions that still exist now. And, you know, the, the, the change uh, from the Republican Party, from being the party of Lincoln to now being what they are now, that's all pretty uh, a pretty logical progression based on the events that happened politically uh, from Lincoln's time to about, you know, 1965 or so. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if, um, if the, if, What's happening now is necessarily uh, evidence of anything that changed in 2012. Uh, but it is interesting to think about the possibilities, you know, that somehow things got rebooted and and then the the course that we were on got shifted. You know, some people talk about uh, being in a simulator. You know, um, I don't know if if that, you know, factors into some of the things that that you've discovered. Um, I'm kind of torn between the religious aspect and just the, uh, metaphysical aspect, I guess. So mm -hmm. like, like I said before, there's a 
large group of people who think that CERN is dabbling with the devil and um, portals to hell, and they want to open up the gates of hell. And they say in Revelations, it talks about opening up the gate and stuff like that. And a lot of people put that on CERN, saying CERN is the gate to hell or whatever. And they're trying to bring about this thing on Earth or whatever. Hell on Earth, basically. And yeah. I don't know, not 100% sold on either. Um, I think that the scientists are dealing with forces that they don't fully understand. They don't really know what the outcomes are going to actually be. Uh, Stephen Hawkins even said in one of his writings that um, CERN could destroy the planet or the universe. And Neil deGrasse Tyson claimed that we really don't know the ramifications of what we're messing with with CERN and trying to find this God particle. So we could just be dabbling in forces we don't know and then dealing with the outcomes after the fact. Well, sure. I mean, I, generically speaking, can't that be said of any science, any scientific pursuit, even even medicine, that you're, you know, there's, there's often uh, unseen or, or uh, unforeseen consequences uh, to, to pursuing anything. Like, you know, when, when Einstein was working on his theories, um, you know, he, he didn't foresee Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know, but his theories are what ushered in that reality, you know, and he, he hated that. Uh, he wrote about it and, and it was clear that he hated that consequence, but, you know, uh, so many other things were made possible from his theories as well. So it's, it's just a kind of a constant reality that, as you get into science and you get into experimentation and, uh, you know, and, and again, any avenue of science that there are going to be the, there is going to be the possibility of unintended consequences. Yeah. I think it was, uh, what Oppenheimer after the bomb nuclear bomb went oh, off yeah. on the testing facility. Yeah. He said, um, yeah. I'm death destroyer of the worlds or whatever. Yeah, he was quoting the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, yeah, it was he was he was really really upset <laughs> at what he was involved in. Um and, yeah, and again, not. you know, he yeah, he he that wasn't his intention, you know, but that's when he saw like the reality of what he was involved in, it it kind of crushed him. Yeah, so um so yeah, I think they're I personally believe they kind of know what they're doing, but not a hundred percent. I think they're right. trying to, I think they're trying to discredit religion. Um, and that's why they're searching for this God particle to say, this is what happened with, this is how the big bang happened. And then they can, you know, poo poo, anyone who has religious beliefs is what I personally believe is what they're trying to attempt. But I think there's bigger forces involved. I think there's a hidden hand 
that's behind a lot of what's going on. Uh, call right. it the devil or whatever you want, Illuminati, whatever. Yeah. All right. So let me let me um, sort of put forth a, a, another possibility. So is it possible that that scientists are just doing what scientists do? And they're, you know, they're, they're looking for whatever they're looking for, and they don't necessarily have religion on their mind at all? Um, I mean, it's possible. I can't say it's not possible. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like these, the modern scientific community is just so hell-bent on getting rid of the spiritual, the religious. And I'm not even for, like, religious doctrine, because... I don't even think that's good, but I don't think I personally believe there's spirituality. I believe that there's some type of creator. I'm not a hundred percent sure what that is or who that is, but I totally believe, especially after my near death experience. Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that modern science is just out to explain everything with science instead of, taking into account there's other forces um around right well yeah that's interesting so what what have you seen that suggests that scientists might be anti-religious um i just it's just the vibe that they give off um especially in the media and stuff like that it's like if you're against I'll just say it. If you're against the vaccine, then you're like an evil person because science, just take the vaccine because it's science or whatever. But, you know, personally, there are now I've got vaccinated. So, um, you know, make of that as you will. But there are legitimate concerns with it. I mean, it was rushed out. Um, We don't know the long term side effects of it and stuff like that, but you can't speak out against it because they'll call you a crazy kook or whatever. So maybe so. Um, but all right. So let's take another approach to it. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I, I have no dog in this fight, but if, um, let's say scientists are somehow angling against religion, um, is there anything that religion has answered, uh, either that science hasn't answered or has answered better than science has? Um, the problem is that unless you've experienced something, you're, or if you haven't experienced, um, and I hate using the word religion because it's loaded with a lot of bad um, connotation, but I'll just say spirituality. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I just lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> um, well, the, the question again was, uh, you know, has, has religion answered anything that science has not been able to answer or have, have they answered anything better than science has? Well, I think um, the research into near-death experiences has kind of, in my mind, proven that there is something beyond this life. 
when you have someone who has been clinically dead for 18 minutes and comes back to life and can tell you exactly what the doctors were doing while he was dead and stuff like that. Um, how else would he have known that was going mm -hmm. on? And then you have okay. people who are more in tune with um, spirituality that can sense things. So I just think there's no, I don't think either side can give you a concrete answer. Like how did the universe come out of nothing? They can't really mm -hmm. explain that. And that's why they're okay. searching for this God particle that created the big bang. So sure. Well, having unanswered questions doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they're both on equal footing, right? So when you say research is being done on near-death experiences, who's doing that research? Um, people way smarter than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> bunch of doctors. Um, I don't know the names right. off the top of my head, but right. there's definitely... Okay, so, you... so doctors are involved in science, right? So, you know, it, the idea of, of there being some kind of a mutually exclusive thing between science and spirituality, I don't think really has legs. If you're talking about science and religion, yes, those are two very different things. And I, and I like to bifurcate the uh, religious institution and the believer, all right? Because those are two different things, right? Like, and, and if we get down to brass tacks, the fact is, is that almost no one you know is living according to religious principles. Because if, if you try to live according to the Bible, you will be running around murdering people constantly. <laughs> <laughs> All right? So no one's doing that. Um, and it's funny that there, when it comes to the Bible, and this is a topic that I've been fascinated by since I was a child, and I've been having this conversation for decades, um, people tend to... Uh, pick and choose what they want to focus on, you know, like uh, people would justi justify their hatred of homosexuals by literally a couple of passages in the Bible and ignore the fact that Jesus Christ himself, according to the book, uh, never mentioned anything about homosexuality. And then they'll turn around and say that the New Testament is supposed to supersede the Old Testament but it's like, well, wait a second, <laughs> the, the, all the stuff of, you know, the, the very little about uh, homosexuality that's in the Bible is in the Old Testament. So, like, which is it? And then if you're going to cite the Old Testament, then why don't you cite the fact that if you know uh, a woman has had premarital sex, that you're supposed to drag her to her father's house and stone her to death in front of him? You know, or if you eat lobster, you're supposed to kill somebody. You know what I mean? Like there, there, like there's certain things that we just know are to be ignored. But some people decide, well, yeah, we're going to ignore all that stuff. But the one thing that resonates with me, which is let's say hatred of homosexuals, then that's the thing that I'll quote the Bible on. You know, so it, it becomes kind of a disingenuous argument. Yeah, that's why I don't really try to talk about religion as like an right. institution. I'm way more spiritual in my right. philosophy, um, especially after my near-death experience. I know that 
it is bigger than the Bible. Um, gotcha. And I don't want to. Yeah, sound and, and that's what I want to focus that, on. Is it, yeah, it, it's it's the, like I say, leave the institutions out of it, and like whatever you believe in, like literally whatever gets you through the night and helps you be a good person. I'm all for it. I don't care what it is. You believe in, in that there's a teacup circling the universe and that helps you be better. That helps you sleep at night. That's fine. You know, if you believe there's a sun God, if you think there's a goat headed guy, it doesn't matter to me. Your belief doesn't mean anything to me uh, beyond uh, its ability to help you feel better about yourself. And as long as you're not harming anybody else with your belief. But when as soon as you tell me, well, my belief makes me hate these people or those people over there, then that's when I have a problem with it. Yeah, and the Bible itself has been picked and choosed. I mean, they left out a bunch of books that were sure. supposed to be part of it, like Enoch and Methuselah and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, like I said, I don't really fall into the religious category. I'm more into the spiritual. And I 100% gotcha. believe that there's something spiritual going on uh, behind things we can't see. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you on that. And and so since you've mentioned it a, a couple of times, um, let, let's uh, let's take some time and talk about your near death experience. I'll I'll tell you very quickly that I, I had surgery in 2012, brain surgery, and a, a tumor was removed. And so I, I definitely, uh, uh, as far as I know, didn't die, but. I, I definitely relate to the idea of an experience like that changing your perspective. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, I'd be uh, very happy to hear it. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's something I'll, I want to dive into deeper on my podcast eventually. I want to interview people who have had near-death experiences because there, there are a lot of commonalities, but there's differences too. And... Mm -hmm. That's what makes it kind of interesting to me is there's a lot of commonalities, but then there's differences. So trying to figure out why that happens. Um, right. So for me, I was extremely depressed and almost suicidal before I had my NDE. I was not a very good person. I'll just say it. Um, and I had my NDE, I was laying in bed, sleeping, and I just remember the, uh, you know, the black tunnel with the light at the end that everyone says when you die, you, you see. Well, I was floating in this dark tunnel, and the bright light at the end, super white and bright. I was floating towards it and I wasn't floating fast. It was pretty like, I don't know, just like you're walking and about halfway up, I just felt this sense of love and warmth and just peace and like a feeling I will never feel on earth ever. Um, even my best day that I've had so far in my 40 years, uh, doesn't even come close to the love and warmth and everything that I felt when I was floating up. So as I got closer to this light, and this light is like super bright, but it doesn't hurt your eyes to look at like the sun. 
So I'm just staring at this light, feeling this overwhelming love and warmth. And I start seeing silhouettes of people um, at the end of the tunnel. And I can't make out their faces or anything. Just looks like silhouettes. And I was floating up. And I see them and they start saying, it's okay, come to the light. You're fine. Don't fear. Um, don't worry. You're fine. They just kept saying it over and over again in the most like loving voice tone. And they're just like, it's okay. You're fine. Um, like a mother would say to her child. And right. uh, I was floating up. I got about a quarter of the way to the light. And something just clicked inside of me. And I was just like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not done here yet. And I said, I kept yelling out to the light at the top of my lungs, like, I'm not finished. I have a mission to do on earth. Um, I'm not done. Don't, I'm not ready yet. And about five times after that, um, I felt this force, like I was getting shot out of a, a gun and right into my body and i woke up gasping for air like i haven't breathed in like a long time like i was drowning and this pain in my chest and my heart felt like someone was squeezing it and i my brother was living with me at the time i went to him this was like three o'clock in the morning i was like josh wake up you gotta take me to the hospital i think i'm having a heart attack because at the time, I didn't think I had a near death. I thought I was having a heart attack. And um, right. he was begrudgingly, he took me to the hospital because it's 3 a.m. He's like, come on, man. And I was like, dude, I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> and right. so he took me to the hospital. I was there for the rest of the morning. They did all these tests, took me up to machines and... um did blood work and everything and they came back and they're like you're free to go you're healthy as can be um no nothing's wrong with you and for three days after i left the hospital my heart it didn't hurt but it felt like someone was lightly squeezing on it for like three days after and it was a little bit before i started looking into I think I came across near-death experiences by accident. Um, there's a show called Coast to Coast AM, and it's big in California and around the world, but they do conspiracy stuff and weird ghost stories and stuff like that. And I had listened to someone talking about near-death on there, and I was like, holy sh crap, I had a near-death experience. And Ooh, um man. Ever since, I've just been down the rabbit hole looking deeper into things and brought me to here making my own conspiracy podcast. Right, yeah. And so did you ever find out what actually happened to you when, you know, during that time that you were moving toward the tunnel? Or toward so, the light, rather? So through looking into near-death experiences... Um, there's two main experiences that people have. Now they vary a little bit, but, um, the main things are either you go to the light and you are reunited with people that you knew that are dead now, or you're just in a very nice place. Um, the other experiences 
are you are in complete darkness, cold, and you feel like you're alone and you're disconnected from God or the source or whatever. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of them said that they felt like they were just isolated and alone. And um, then there's a small percentage, very small percentage that say they have went to like what you would think of as hell. And, um, but it's very small, which is weird. And, mm. um, but there are a small percentage that claim they have gone to hell and it's obviously they said it was horrible and they've got a second chance at life. Yeah. And yeah. also through looking into near death experiences, a lot of them changed their life for the better after the experience. A lot of them are, you know, alcohol used to be alcoholics, drug addicts, really bad people, um, or just super depressed like I was. And mm -hmm. after that experience, their life just changes and they start trying to be better people. Um, right. So even if it's all caca or whatever, at least it's changing people for better. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's, it would be unfair for anyone to try to decide what that experience is because it's, it's, uh, it's based on what the person feels like you, you mentioned earlier that you were not a good person. And obviously you stated that in the past tense. So it, do, do you feel like a better person now? Uh, yes, definitely a better person. I mean, I still have a lot of work to do, but, mm -hmm. um, definitely better than I was before. Um, yeah. listen, I, I've been involved with self-development since 1987 and I, and I feel like I, even after 34 years that I have work to do, I mean, and I'm much better than I was. Uh, but here's my point. Um, if you felt like you weren't a good person before, and then you had this experience and now you're, you feel like you're a better person and working to be even better than you are then who is to say that that, that 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 experience is nonsense or not real? Like, that's that's a ridiculous thing to say. See, at first, I was... At first, I was a denier in the near-death thing, even when I first heard about it. Um, but the fact that three days after my experience, my heart was still bothering me, but the hospital said I was fine and have completely healthy... Like, I don't see anything that explains that. Um, right. So that led me to say, yes, I had a near-death experience because uh, there's no other way for me to explain. And like you said, if you haven't experienced it, you really just wouldn't understand. Like a lot of things, um, if you're not in Absolutely. someone else's shoes, you won't understand. Yeah. Hey, try try to explain the taste of sugar to someone who's never tasted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's or no, there's no way to get them people. to understand. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So now, um, what would you say, um, is, is the, the overarching, uh, lesson or takeaway that you got from your near death experience? Um, that is something I'm still wrestling with in my brain. I want to know, why I was yelling, I still have stuff to do here. I still have a mission on earth. 
Um, is it my podcast? I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just vividly remember yelling at the figures in the light that I'm. I still have stuff to do here. Um, I still have a mission, and I'm not ready to pass on yet. Um, and I will yeah. say that since my near-death experience, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. Um, mm. I'm afraid of not doing enough here on Earth um, before I die. Mm. So, yeah. well, I you know, as much as I hate to see fear drive anybody, it, it if you're going to have fear, that's a better fear to have than the <laughs> fear of dying. Um, you know, because uh, my main post- podcast is called The Persistent Rumor, and it's named that because I, I say that death is a persistent rumor. Uh, nobody knows for sure what happens or, you know, uh, what that whole thing is. Uh, so if if the persistent rumor is true that we're all going to die, uh, then the only thing that matters is is what we do when we're here. You know, and your podcast might be the thing because, you know, uh, th- this podcast is really dedicated to the idea of just giving people uh, different ways to think about things. Um, and, you know, it's it's also about my coaching and just really like, how do you make yourself a better person? How are you better for the people around you? You know, how do you make your life a masterpiece? How do, how do you how do you live the happiest life that you could possibly live? And, you know, there there might be someone that listens to your podcast down the line and hears something that becomes very valuable to them. You just really never know. Yeah, so with my podcast right now, it's just solo and uh, just basically um talk about different conspiracies i do a lot of research and try to present everything that i find so that people don't have to go search in the dark webs or whatever to to find stuff and but i want to turn it into more of an interview style like you do but i want to have it catered towards people who have claim they have been abducted by aliens or claim they've had a near-death experience and i just want to be able to let them have a voice and uh share their experience and hopefully without you know feeling ridiculed or called crazy person well uh there was a film i think in the 70s uh, james earl jones was in it and i think esther warren um, it was about a real life couple, interracial couple who was abducted. And the thing that was really freaky about it to make a, a, an impossibly long story, impossibly short, is that when the wife was uh, under hypnosis, she described a star system. And at the time, there was no knowledge of this star system. But later on, the the drawing that she made to to illustrate the star system matched up exactly with an actual star system that was out there. So yeah, that was again, the um, Benny and Barney Hill. Uh, yes, abduction. Yes, yes. And so back to what Shakespeare said. You know, <laughs> there's there's more in heaven and earth than is dreamt of in your philosophy. I mean, 
anything really is possible. So uh, I, I definitely look forward to, to hearing your podcast. <laughs> and uh, if you decide to talk to people about near-death experiences, I, I definitely want to hear that as well. And uh, in the minute or two we have left, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Okay, so my name's Jeremiah, obviously, and I have the What If They're Wrong podcast, and it's What If They're Wrong with a question mark at the end. Uh, mm -hmm. When you look it up, you'll see uh, What If They're Wrong with a half an alien face next to it. It's mm. kind of creepy looking. but um, And that's an audio podcast at this point, correct? It's just audio at this point. Okay. And right. I try to upload every week, but... Uh, I might have to do every two weeks just for the amount of research that I've been doing. I've been reading gotcha. a lot and stuff Excellent. like that. But I do plan and on And you have doing a, Facebook, uh, a Facebook page as well? I do. I have a Facebook group, What If They're Wrong. Same thing, The What If They're Wrong with the half an alien face next mm -hmm. to it. Excellent. So you can join it. It's and... open to anybody. Oh, you can cool, share cool. whatever conspiracy you want on there. Excellent. I'll, I'll definitely be joining that and I'll, and I'll put those links in the description below. Uh, Jeremiah Dorf, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank once you again, for having me this on. Is, I love oh, my pleasure. about this and, stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And once again, this is Chocolate Chat. I'm Chocolate Yoda. Peace, love, and granola. We'll talk to you all soon. <laughs>